Jam-packed to the rafters. Let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. fans and welcome to our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast thank you guys for being back with us here for episode 268 coming to you on monday april the 25th 2022 we're here to romp you through the world of retro wrestling as always i'm joe Murata, joined by michael quinn how you doing there michael Howdy-dee-dee. this is our last show of april mike wow yeah, that's it it's flying we're on done by. with the april we are done with the april but thank you guys for not being done with us as we're here to romp you through the world of retro wrestling we have some things in store for you and we hope you're doing well here on monday the 25th before we get to any of our things we have some stuff to talk about that stuff is you can follow us on twitter at OVP Podcast, you would get daily wrestling gifts there and no drama, just the gifts. Mm-hmm. That's at OVP Podcast on Twitter. Uh, also, a reminder follow us on YouTube, our vantage point retro wrestling podcast on YouTube and also on Vimeo, that hot channel. Hot website that's not really meant for no. anything. It's but, like hosting. But you may need it for some of these reviews we've been doing all yeah. season long. So check us out on both YouTube and on Vimeo. And of course, you can also email us at ovppodcast at gmail.com. That is ovppodcast at gmail.com. But Quinn, if people want to talk to you and me and over a thousand other retro wrestling fanatics, where can they go? Facebook.com slash Vimeo. We're, yes. we're taking out. They, they won't even notice. They don't even use it. Vimeo doesn't even use Vimeo. No. It's just a weird site. Anyway, over at Facebook Vimeo, um, yes. there's a search bar. Oh. And you type our vantage point, dash retro wrestling podcast, bing, bang, boom, tubes, gore, kafoui. Uh, hit the join group. You're in. All we're asking you to do when you join our group, folks, you know, because we want you to talk about old wrestling there, is to agree to one rule, one rule only, which is don't be what, Quinn? A dunderhead. Don't be a dunderhead. And what we mean by that is, hey, we know that not everyone <laughs> agrees. Believe us, we know. I'm aware. Not everyone. Quinn and I don't even agree on everything with yeah. retro wrestling. And we encourage that. We expect that. We want you guys to discuss, debate, argue, whatever. You know, the only thing we ask is that while you're doing these activities, don't be a jerk off about it. I don't really want to see that. We don't want to see that. We, I, I, I like to scroll through my phone just like anybody else. Yeah, on the turtle. I don't want to see people all mad about Rick Rude or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't need to get into personal insults and attacks and things like that. It's old wrestling, guys. It's supposed to be fun. Yeah. And that's what we try to encourage over there. So if you want to talk about old wrestling with other people, go to our Facebook group and just don't be a dunderhead. And also, if you like OVP, maybe you've been listening to us for a few months or a few years and you want more of the content that we offer, we have more of that. It's over at patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Over there on our Patreon account, what you're going to get is two separate tiers. Uh, the latest in the 1984 canon and soon to be the Monday Night Raw 1993 canon. Latest in the 1993 canon. That'll be coming up very, yeah. very soon in May. And of course, the crown jewel, if you will, of our Patreon channel is the pay-per-view reviews. That is the WWF pay-per-views. Every single one in order. We started with the first WrestleMania. The latest one out is WrestleMania 11, and guess what? 
Coming up in Mayquin is what? In your house. In, in your, your house. house. In, in your house. 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 If you haven't turned this off yet, yeah. I I'm just doing what they say. I'm watching all those raws in between. I know. We are actually. Yeah. And if you want to get in your house with OVP and all the previous good pay-per-views, the ones from like the 80s and early 90s, yeah. you want to get all those, go to patreon.com slash OVP podcast. But Michael. Yes. <laughs> this season is winding down to 68 mm-hmm. here. And we've been doing a fun segment. I really like this one. Uh, what we did, folks, is we asked the fans to present an opinion they have about retro wrestling that they might feel they're isolated holding. You know, they yeah. might feel they are alone in believing. They may feel like no one else thinks this. We asked you to state that opinion in the form of a question. That question being, am I the only one? 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 I think we need to ask the fans for a new song. <laughs> Listen, there's only two more after this, okay? Oh We're keeping the song. The song is staying. I don't care. Uh, anyway, thank you guys for everyone that sent in your questions this season. There's a lot of them, and we're trying to pick ones that we think we can talk about and make interesting conversation. And this one is from Phil Tavares. And good old Phil here, he asks, Am I the only one who thinks Vince Russo saved the WWF from folding at the hands of Bruce Pritchard and Jim Cornette? We couldn't be more opposite. He's from New York. I'm from Kentucky. He's a writer. I'm a booker. I think Vince Russo thinks that. I, I think that. <laughs> you think so? I mean, I don't uh, know about folding. Uh, let's see. What was going on before that happened? Um, Mantar and, like, yes. and and Plumber Man and all this shit. When like, Remember this? Oh, Teal Hopper. No, no, no. I yeah. mean, there's a lot of things that we could point to. Now let me introduce to you the newest member of the all-new, reorganized, restructured million-dollar corporation. Nobody cares! Nobody cares! Nobody cares, nobody cares, nobody cares! Nobody cares, nobody cares, nobody cares! Vince Russo, in case you're new around here, he is a very uh, polarizing figure. I think Russo was definitely very much a, a part of the success of WWE at that time. He's a magazine editor, can't fucking spell, can't fucking write. Most people, I, I, it seems like the majority, though, seem to not like him. Mm-hmm. Out of the, like there are, He does have a large well, contingent of supporters. I would, I would tell you that a lot of that comes from after the Attitude Era and all that was over, right. there was a bunch of stupid documentaries, and they, they're like, it's Vince Russo. He's the one that, like, ruined everything. Like, remember yeah. there was, like, this sustained campaign from, like, every angle, which was really weird when I look back on it. Like, WWF, Meltzer, like, everyone. Cornette, like, no one liked him. They, they, like, literally everyone came together, and they were like, we must prove that this man should never be part of wrestling ever again. You know, part of that, and, and I think, Quinn, over the course of our show, we have been very fair about Vince Russo. We don't think that everything he did was great. Right. But we also don't think that he didn't contribute at all. You know, we, yeah. we do recognize what he did. And to kind of roll it into a, a subject here, you know, Vince Russo is polarizing. And Vince Russo was also viewed as a wrestling outsider. He wasn't really raised in the business so to speak you can you can see the proof in the pudding because the wrestling people who were raised in the wrestling business can't stand him and you know i could see why they would not like that when he comes in and he's kind of brash and he's like everything bro bro, everything we're doing is wrong we got to do something different fuck the wrestling because it was well to (laughs) an extent it was right he liked it and i try to view this in more of a moderate way and what i mean by that is you know you have 
people that just, yo, fuck Vince Russo, that piece of shit, fuck him, I hate him. And then you have people that love him and think everything he did was good. Yeah. My question is, it's probably rhetorical, why can't it just be some of both? It's what? somewhere between because... Why here's can't the thing, it just be, like, moderate? Here's the thing is that there's other great bookers over the years. You know, they had good ideas and they had bad ideas. Like and, Vince McMahon? Yeah, Dusty Rhodes sometimes. Like Pat Patterson? Yeah. Like Bruce Pritchard? Yeah. So, the Vince Russo's journey, we're not going to recap his whole career, but as far as him in the wrestling business... He grew up in the late 70s as a wrestling fan in the early 80s, kind right. of like around the time of the canon the a little bit before. canon, yeah. Right. But he watched it from more of a casual perspective, meaning, yo, I throw it on and, and I didn't like the matches. I cared about the promos or whatever, right? And that's right. cool because that's us too when we watch this crap from yeah. 82. I mean, right? seriously. There's nothing to like in the ring. It's true. From Paulsboro, New Jersey, weighing 253 pounds, pretty boy, Larry Sharp. And then he did a bunch of other things. He was a journalism grad, and he um, opened some video stores. He had a radio show, blah, blah, blah. And the, Seems like the perfect guy to book wrestling, actually, based off <laughs> open some video stores. Right, right. Like that but, kind of thing. But here's the deal, right? The WWF, the creative team, so to speak, was primarily in the mid and late 80s, Vince McMahon and Pat Patterson. So they were the ones responsible, let's say, for the Hogan-Andre arc, the Mega Powers arc, right. all, the, all these... Awesome things. Which are probably things Vince Russo liked. Which everyone that was a yeah. WWF fan liked, right? right? No one's disputing that. Yes. And then Bruce Pritchard also uh, was helping out with creative in the 90s, right? And then Cornette even came in. I think it was 96 when he started working in mm. creative. Mm. And then Russo eventually gets added. To, he starts sitting in and then eventually gets added to the creative thing. Uh, creative team. Russo would come over and their wives knew each other and then when Russo got invited to join the creative team. First it was it was him and Bruce and me a lot of times. One of the criticisms of Vince Russo was always that well when he didn't have Vince McMahon as his filter mm -hmm. he wasn't good and there's some truth to that but there's only some because guess what when Vince Russo was gone the WWF still did a ton of horrible things that yeah, had nothing to do with him it, it's not like Vince Russo was like exclusively responsible for their wackadoodle crap for example Katie Vick Vince Russo long gone yeah uh, the hand which I know you like ironically the Quinn, hand is great but people point to that like you know, the hand came thing. back at Wrestlemania please recently. don't bring that up okay <laughs> in the Sami Zayn match um, <laughs> the hand Vince Russo had nothing to do with right? there, yeah. a lot of bad things Vince Russo had nothing to do with also. Mr. McMahon's limo exploded. Santa Claus. Because Big Daddy Cool right now. I don't know about that. Jeff Holland, whatever you like, that's not Kevin Nash. So it's not just the filter. It was kind of like a perfect storm. It was a period of time. I'm talking late 96 into 97 where WCW was much more cutting edge. Right. And Vince Russo, who was working for the magazine, was like, this product is awful. This He's stinks. not wrong. It That's, was bad. It was hideous. So, remember the, the, the European episode or whatever? Yeah, and the one in South Africa was yeah. another one. And it wasn't just that Vince Russo came in and immediately changed everything. It was Vince Russo working with Vince McMahon, working with whoever else was on the creative team, contributing a team effort. And I don't think it's fair to put all the blame or credit on Vince Russo. Because Vince McMahon I'll still say, obviously I'll is say, the decision maker. I'll say this. The one thing I always noticed, the change. Vince Russo was wise to what Bischoff was doing. And he admits it. Programming the show in a certain manner to like screw over the other side. But yes. like even if it's, it's not direct, you know, there's always some exciting thing after and before every commercial break. Oh, gonna put the, butts in the, seat. Yeah. the formatting that needed to be like 
fixed. It needed to be tight. It yeah. needed to be exciting. Right. It needed to leave you wanting more. Which they had gotten away from. Like, they'll well, be yeah, they like, did, because fawns in a headlock or something, and then let's go to break. It's like, well, I'm not coming back. Well, and, and the other thing is, in 1996, I'm talking before Russo really got involved, look at all this crap in this ring. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, what were they doing? The, the new rockers? Was that Vince Russo's fault? Was the truth commission around before or after? That was Bret Hart's fault. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know whose I, idea I it was. But... It's like there was a lot of junk going on. There was a lot of junk and there always is in every year, right? In every year, there's always junk. The problem to me always was is you had like this potential core of people and then you had all this other crap like sparky plug and like yeah. nonsense like and it was just like what do, why are they like interf- why are they even mingling with the, with the top guys and the problem was is if you're watching nitro and you see what at the time was very cutting edge very realistic very gritty stuff with the nwo and things like that and then you flip over to farouk in a gladiator helmet yeah you're kind of like what the hell am i actually watching over here on raw what am i doing anymore yeah. nothing matters camp cornet you know <laughs> None of, jose lothario is feuding with <laughs> It's Jim Cornette. John. Yeah. Who wants to see that? Yep. In all seriousness, Quinn. There was a lot of like, just, I don't want to watch this. Yeah. And I, I'm just, there's another wrestling show right. on another channel. So they could be all proud, like Cornette and Pritch could be all proud. Like, we know our wrestling. No one wanted to fucking watch their wrestling. We made you care about a plumber for two weeks and then squashed him. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. You know, like they, they always take credit for that. And what, what's the other guy? Um, The cowboy man or what's his name? Freddie Joe Floyd. Freddie Joe Floyd, yeah. Tracy's mother is great. But yeah. I mean, what I know, were they but doing I mean, Freddie Joe Floyd is I not know. as great as Tracy Smothers. No, not at all. <laughs> Now, one of the things that I want to address here with Vince Russo, because again, I don't think it's just this cut and dried thing where it's like, oh, he was terrible. He never did anything right. Or he did everything right. And he was the savior. Here's the good. And tell Mm -hmm. me what you think. I'll throw these to you. Fresh ideas and a change in tone. Well, that was definitely necessary. Correct. Now, was it all in war zone? Now, <laughs> like it's like that. That's that's when I knew. But was it all him? Probably not. But did he help? Yeah. Well, what the fuck else were they paying him for for all these years? Yeah. You know it's what I mean? True. People do know that he was there and he was doing things. What people sometimes act. His detractors act like he was just sitting in the corner coming up with terrible ideas and everyone like ignored him but he was clearly involved there's a lot of guys that have positive stories about working with him what what the like sting after he left like meaning like the actual like the attack on him after he left yeah felt like it felt like a lot of people that were eclipsed by him creatively that were jealous and the minute he um quit which they didn't like that he quit either because he quit because he was no notice. But yeah, but the reason also was something about his kids and like he didn't he wanted to Vince was like you know Ultimately, give me all your time give and me, get a nanny. Yeah, is what the, Russo get, says get a nanny comment. Yeah, and again I get business and I get well that's the job. If you don't want it, don't have it. Well, he didn't have it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he left. Yeah, so he left that? on his own accord because right. he wanted to take care of his family. Yeah, and, oh what an asshole. Yeah, exactly. What a fucking asshole. But it was kind of was disgusting a little politically to watch these guys all of a sudden come out. It was never good. He sucked. I told Vince for years he had right. to get rid of him. Look, see WCW. See, he stinks. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they just, they made an effort to make his fresh ideas seem like they were so wild and they were never successful. And now here's like, the thing, too. Yeah. And I want to touch on WCW too much, but yeah. just for the record, Vince Russo in WCW, clearly he did not achieve the same success as WWF. Yeah. But here's the problem. Vince Russo was never, ever 
going to turn WCW around. That place is a hellhole of mismanagement and politics by that point. That's what Vince Russo was yelling about in the first place. Correct. About how he's like, I can't get anything done here because, right. you know, there's 17 managers you have to go through just freaking right. get one idea passed. It was a political hellhole. It sounds like it was a terrible place. No one's ever like, yeah, I loved working for WCW in yeah. 1999. No mm-hmm. one says that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? They were there for the money and that was it. But anyway. That's not saying that WCW prior might have been a great place to work or it something. It wasn't good before Vince Russo it, got there. It was there. really when the TV men got involved. That's ever, whatever, everyone always says this, right? It's yes. all the people that Bischoff had to deal with, and then Bischoff wasn't in control anymore. And it was Russo. And other people had to deal with these people. And, and standards and practices yeah, bro, and yeah. all that stuff, right? And Vince Russo didn't kill WCW, I don't think. The AOL Time Warner merger, and then they pulled the plug on the program. And that's they would have coasted yeah. on shitty ratings probably for a lot longer. Oh yeah, it for, wasn't because they of might Vince still be Russo. Going today, if, right? If, if, Seriously, know, some corporate guy didn't get sad yeah. about wrestling. I'm not saying everything Vince Russo did in WWE was good. A lot of it was embarrassing and stupid. But we're not here to talk about that. We're talking about WWF. So fresh ideas, a definite change in tone, meaning people acted more realistically. Mm-hmm. It, I like that shades of gray that they helped implement in it's 1997. True. It helped. It yeah. just freshened things up, right? Well, I mean, look at the Raw before. It, Russo was definitely booking, I believe, by the time um, the Raw before WrestleMania 13. He was at least involved in creative. He wasn't head writer. Listen, it's, he was sitting it's in, so, I think. It's so different that I, I have a hard time believing he didn't say, bro, you should do this or Maybe. something. Like, because... That Raw is such a stark difference than Raw's from a couple of weeks it is. prior. But I mean, there was also Pillman's Got a Gun in 96. That wasn't Russo. Right. They were heading in an edgier direction anyway mm-hmm. before him. So that's what I'm saying. I'm not giving it all to him, but he obviously helped, right? Fast-paced TV, you touched upon the formatting of the show, right? Mm-hmm. There were long story arcs and storylines that actually were good under him, believe mm-hmm. it or not. The Austin McMahon thing, for the most part, did make sense. That's like his it, big claim to fame was the right. Austin McMahon angle, right? It, it took some turns in 99 that I hate, and you know that. Right. With the higher power. There's some what stuff is, I didn't like. What is like. the absolute confirmed end to Vince Russo's contribution? Because 99 is a murky year, right? It's like it's like half Russo, half not, or whatever. Well, it was in, he was there until very early October. Okay. What he had been setting up for was the um the Stephanie test wet like that was around the time he left, but he didn't write the ending to that. I think it was actually, believe it or not, Kevin Kelly came up with the idea to have Triple H be the one to marry Stephanie. Right. So like Russo left before that developed. So it was kind of the September, October ninety nine, which is okay, not a good period. That's not that's like his limit. Okay. Like the referee strike era and the six pack challenge and all that, remember? I, I like the referee strike. I know. But you do. That, to me that was something that needed to happen eventually. The, the British Bulldog and Jeans era. Yeah, that, that was, was bad. That was the end of uh, yeah. Russo's tenure. But anyway, okay. Everyone, and this is a true thing, everyone at least had something to do and were featured. Yes, that's another f- no pun intended. That's a feature of Vince Russo. Yes. Right? Everyone's over, bro. Everything like, was over. Yeah. For the most part. Like Al Snow. Like, Correct. You know, he's having like major angles. Right. Like with the big boss man and stuff. Right. People, even mid-carters that wouldn't have been given a second look, you mm-hmm. know, a year before or after, at least had TV time and something to do. Now, the bad, in my opinion. There were a lot of bad ideas. I mean, there were a lot of stupid things that happened. Beaver cleavage, I think, is the <laughs> one of the crown jewels of that. Yeah. Mom! Is this what Mother's Little Boy is looking for? Does Mother's Little Harry Beaver want some of Mother's milk? Yeah, ha, ha, ha. I think a lot of the constant heel and face turns weren't good because mm-hmm. they didn't allow for consistency in building character. And again, most of this started in 99. And you can tell he's starting to burn out in 99. And doesn't he admit that he burned out yeah, in 99? that's why he left. 
storylines that didn't resolve. You know, there were some, yeah. or just took weird turns and it what felt happened like a GTV. I don't right, know. Exactly. Yeah. And then one of my biggest problem at the time, in all seriousness, and this is a valid gripe, I think, for anyone, the belts, except the world, maybe, started to really not matter. Right. The IC title would change hands doubt, so yeah. many times. It's like every week. And the European, and it was like, what, what do you even have these for anymore? Yeah. And the well, matches be, would be like 90 seconds. You know what I always think is weird about that criticism? I felt like it was going there anyway. Like before, it wasn't good. Like before Russo even. I mean, like. No, I like, think it by was. Like 95-ish. I feel like Jeff Jarrett was the first. Like, oh, come on. No, it's not even a Jeff Jarrett criticism. It's the first period of time where it's like, oh, we can just have some mid-carder win it and it doesn't matter anymore. Like, that is, like, to me, the dividing point. I don't know, but the IC belt was always a mid-card belt. I don't know. 1995 is, like, the first year where that starts up, where it's like the Intercontinental belt is kind of fading. I guess, but let me tell you this. I can easily rattle off all the IC champions until about early 99 and then I have to think hard because yeah. it was like Val Venus, Goldust, you know, yeah. the Godfather, all these people had it in rapid succession. The tag title sort of mattered under him. A little, yeah, yeah, I guess so. But one of the problems was during this period of time is because of the conditioning of the fans that were watching Raw, which is a lot of people, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people at the time in the arenas, packed arenas, the crowds were always hot. The matches were so short on the programming. When they got to the pay-per-views, Everyone's entrance would be over and then just dead for a lot of the matches, yeah, except the main events. You wouldn't see the wrestling often. So it's like, wait, wrestling? I didn't come here for this. Correct. Like they conditioned the fans to like, to, want, they wanted to see the outrageous stuff. Yes. They wanted, catchphrases, promos. They wanted to see people come in on Zambonis and shit. Right. Like, you know exactly. what I mean? And that's, I'm glad you brought that up. One of the things I've heard is that, well, of course, Vince Russo was successful. He had Steve Austin and The Rock and The Undertaker and Mankind and Triple H and all this. Let me make a point. All of those guys were there in 1996. Yeah. What the fuck did Vince McMahon have them doing? The, the Undertaker. Master, right. Like, yeah. The fucking goddamn ringmaster. Yeah. Fucking Mankind playing with rats. The Undertaker, <laughs> the Undertaker feeling with a corporation for a whole year before that. Yep. Triple H is like, oh, hello, I'm British. Let's yeah. eat ribs or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And man, and what? Like, yeah. And The Rock's like, hi, I have a daddy and a grandpa that wrestled. Yeah. So, <laughs> Every, so everyone was like crap. Only right. Vince Russo just took people that existed and he right. like made them better. He didn't. He, Vince uh, Russo was never like, bro, I invented them yeah. he doesn't say that you know yeah. and but here's the other thing that right it's true all of those guys have nothing but good things to say about vince russo yeah because Gee, i the, wonder the fuck why he made their career correct yeah so the now austin was sort of already he was getting there he was he didn't need he was getting vince there. russo well, yes he did i'll tell you why he did okay. okay i'll tell you why i think he did because again with this analogy well of course he was successful because the roster okay fine that'd be like saying i have ken griffey jr in 1990 right I'm going to train him to be a catcher. Yeah. Let's just use him in the wrong way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Someone, believe it or not, these shows don't just happen. Some person or people Mm -hmm. need to sit down and plan out what is going to happen with each of these characters. Like all that Austin McMahon stuff. Someone had to write what would happen. Vince Russo didn't go out and perform it. He didn't tell Steve Austin word by word what to say, but Vince Russo had to say, okay, Steve, you're going to do this with McMahon. And then they ran with it. But someone had to put them there. Not, hey, Austin, we're going to call you the ringmaster and put you with DiBiase. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You want to be on the brother love show. Right. (laughs) These shows didn't just materialize out of thin air. Someone had to think of the ideas. Yep. The Zamboni, someone had to think of that. Right. Is that dumb? Yeah, but it's memorable. I think the funniest part about that story is that Vince Russo 
the first was the Zamboni and he didn't really think they would right. like, do it. Yeah. And like, he just said, Oh, wouldn't it be like, he just threw it out as like a bullshit idea. Right. Like, wouldn't it be good if he, uh, if he came in on a Zamboni, then he did it. And then Vince Russo kept like testing it. Right. Like, it's like, what if we could get a beer truck? Like Correct. They, they can, like, and they can yeah. exactly. Yeah. And this just kept getting more ridiculous. And one of his crowning achievements uh, on Raw is the Austin McMahon, you know, the 84th week, if you will, the episode where Raw broke the streak. All of these backstage segments intercut with the rest of the show. Someone had to at least write those and say, this is going to go here. This is going to go here. Mm -hmm. This is going to go here. You guys are going to do this. It wasn't like it just happened. It's not, this isn't whose line is it anyway. So, yeah. Sorry, I know I'm being overly defensive, but I'm just trying to make a point. I think the point is, is that he didn't know what he was doing, right? To me, there's this sentiment. He was just a crazy person and he didn't know anything about television and he right. should have never, he didn't know anything about wrestling and he should have never, ever been doing either of those things. Right. And that's just, I think, unfair. You know, what's wrong with saying, too? Because there's people that overly support him also. Yeah. What's wrong with saying he was really good for a period of time at this and then maybe he wasn't after that? Right. What's wrong with that? I mean, I, I think definitely WCW showed his weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the on the pole matches and all that stuff. <laughs> right, but like, right. But also, you know, I've always defended this because I think this is a brilliant concept for an episode of wrestling television. What is this? The, the, Don't say the reboot. The, the reboot thing. Oh, God. No. That was horrible angle, Quinn. Have you seen the episode, though? Yes, I've seen Vincent? it. And, and the weeks that followed, and that's bad. Come but on, the man. The episode itself Come on now. is compelling television. It's better than any Raw you'd find today. It reeks of desperation. It reeks of, we're getting our asses kicked. We're just going to stop everything and redo it. Well, let me ask you this. I don't like it. I don't think it's good at all. Okay. You say it reeks of desperation, right? It does to me, yes. Did WCW need to do something big at that point in time? That's what I'm getting at. It's like he... he Yeah, probably. He he, he gets put into this situation where this company sucks ass. They do. And he's like, okay, bro, let's just reboot the thing. And I thought that that was the... One of the boldest moves I've ever seen from a booker, and I actually still respect it to this day. I guess so. Because I, the episode itself, it's not just the belts thing. There's like, there's, it, it's booked like a fucking 1998 Raw. Like, it's chaotic, and there's backstage me, fighting, you know and, you know, all sorts of cool shit. Let me tell you this. I agree with you to an extent. I think that the idea of these young guys are being held down, bro, and they're going to, we got to feature them, right? Yeah. And that that was I not like, part of the in the original episode. So that's not even in there. I know that new blood shit. But the new blood idea, in theory, made sense because people really did feel that at the time. It's like, well, all yeah. these fucking main eventers are in their mid forties. Yeah. And these guys aren't getting a chance, right? But what? it was the way it was handled. It's and horrible. I, and no, and we've and talked I agree about with that. you on that. Horrible. I'm just saying the reboot episode itself is actually like it almost feels like Vince Russo showing up to WCW and saying this is what I can do. Right. Right. That, and it's a good episode. Like, I think it is. I think he did some good things in WCW. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I don't think it was very good before he got there in 99. Their mm-hmm. 99 sucks, but yeah, well before he's there. It's and, true. And guess what? The WWF for all the things people want to say about Vince Russo that are true in terms of how nothing really made sense in 1999. And it didn't, I hate 99. Yeah. It doesn't hold up to me. It was compelling at the time, but looking back, it's like none of the matches matter. None of the belts matter in 99. Right. WWF had a lot of bad things after Vince Russo. Like I said earlier, Mm -hmm. that had nothing to do with him, you Mm -hmm. know, honestly. So 
I think it comes down to this. Vince Russo was a young enough man in 1997, 98. He was like a, a little bit older than us, if that, right? Mm-hmm. Which is like your career peak, usually a lot of times. Early, your, maybe yeah. not your peak, but you're like, like in a, in business, it's like it's the time when you make your name for yourself, right. right? Like, and he was sharp and he was with it at that time. He really was on the pulse at that time. And I think that I don't think WWF would have folded because that was the heart of the initial question by Phil. And thank you, Phil. These are too easy, man. Try to stump me, Phil. I think it would have just con- the stagnation would have continued on much longer until something happened. But I do think what Vince Russo did was help push for a new direction and came up with a lot of ideas. Probably half of them were terrible and never saw the light of day. And you know what? The good ones were developed and they ran with them and it worked. You know what I'm saying? I'm not giving him all the credit, but he obviously worked there and did stuff. Let's go back to the original question. Am I the only one who thinks Vince Russo saved the WBF from folding from the hands of Bruce and Cornette? I, I want to specifically, before we go, focus on that Bruce and Cornette. Yeah. That was going nowhere. That it, shit was bad. Whatever they were doing was. And again, it's it's very hard to, to attribute what to whom. You yeah. know what I mean? They had some good things going in 96. Yeah, but it, it still was rooted in the, like, we're going to go with this new generation kind of style thing. You know, like, it's almost like Bruce and Cornette seemed hesitant to break what Vince wanted. Whereas Vince Russo was like, I'm going to throw crazy fucking ideas at Vince and see if he wants to do it. Because right? he wasn't a wrestling guy. Right. That, you know? that was an advantage for him. Right. Like, again, it all goes through Vince, right? But the point is, it seemed like Bruce and Cornette were following the mandate. And Vince Russo was, like, thinking outside the box and, like... Because he was outside the box. Right. And he was and he was saying, well, what if we did this, Vince? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Instead, or what if we did that? You and know? I guarantee you there were a million times where McMahon said no. Right, he probably said no to 80% of it for right. all we know. And, and that's you know, fine. Yeah. But, but it's still better than fucking Mantar. But also, that's <laughs> the job of a real writer to just think of fucking everything, just throw it at the boss, it, yes. just throw a hundred million ideas at the boss, and then just see what's right. what he's okay with. That's bad all of a sudden? Right. He's not allowed to do and that? actually, you know, I tend to wonder this, right? Because nowadays we hear about there's a whole writing team and there's, you know, this and that. But it's embarrassing. But what I want to say is what's to say that Vince Russo is not the kind of like prototype for that? And where he's, he's a one man guy throwing a thousand ideas well, at Vince. You've got a whole team now doing what Vince Russo probably did back then. And just to give credit here, because we didn't mention him, Ed Ferrara joined him in June of 98. Right, yeah, and they, he had help. And they yeah. worked really well together. Right. And he gives Ed, Vince Russo, by the way, gives Ed Ferrara a lot of credit. Yeah. What Vince Russo feels like to me is he feels like finally an injection of an actual TV writer. Well, yeah, um, that's what he fancied himself and, and as. And he's kind of the prototype, in a sense, to what they... they I mean, later they're hiring Freddie Prince Jr. on their on their writing team. You know what I mean? Yes, I know. You know, like, aspiring television writer. Right. But, like, the point is, is, is like, it's a shift, right? And I think that's why he was so unpopular, partially. Because it, it went from within, re- yes. wrestling people writing the show yeah, versus television people writing the show. Yeah, which is ironic because Vince Russo had never written television. But he was aspiring, right? He like he was he re- he was writing on the magazine because he probably wanted to go to you know either Hollywood or he probably you know, wanted New to York, be a writer, New York City television yes. studios, like something like that. Right? He had a journalism degree. Right, I mean, exactly. He was actually a journalist. Yeah. Hey, you got a journalism for that? You gotta be joking me. Ultimately, there's a lot of criticisms that are valid about him, and there's a lot of things that I think maybe get swept under the rug that he did that are good. 
I think it's just important to have a balanced take on him when you consider his contributions. If you don't right. like him, you don't like him. That's fine. I don't. That's okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know him. It doesn't really <laughs> affect me one way or another. Uh, but anyway, thank you, Phil, for the question, and we hope you got your fill of that answer there. Ah, <laughs> anyway, you did. Anyway, folks, when we come back, guess what? We are reviewing something we have never ever reviewed before. Speaking of good TV writing. Speaking of good TV writing, we're going to review Lucha Underground. <gasps> Stay with us here. We'll be back right after this. What you want, honey, you got it. And what you need, baby, you got it. All I'm asking for a little bit when I come Look at the talent. Bill Goldberg, all the great cruiserweights that we had, Kevin Nash. And why was I brought in, Mike? I was brought in because the product was in the shitter. I was brought in because the eyeballs weren't watching the let, show let anymore. Let me ask you so some what they specifics. Do? They brought in the most successful writer in the history of the business, me. That's why I was brought in. So let's start there. Let me ask you some specifics. In WCW, we had a signature trademark division called the Cruiserweights. Incredible talent. Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio, and I can go on and on. Why would you decide to take that cruiserweight division and build it around Evan Courageous, a young wrestler, Ed Ferrara, one of your co-writers, and a woman wrestler by the name of Medusa. Because people want entertainment, Mike. You want Lucha Libras, whatever you call them. Go to, J- go to Japan, go to Mexico, you get all the Lucha Libras you want. Here in the United States, people want to be entertained. And there are about this many people that are entertained by guys jumping around in a ring for 40 minutes. You're entertained, but you know what, Mike? You don't mean shit. Hello, wrestling fans. While we're on a break here, just a quick reminder to check out some friends of the show. These are other independent wrestling podcasts. We want you to check them out. Start with Book in the Territory. This will get you everything for your southern fried, very classy, unprofessional wrestling coverage of the NWA, WCW. It is Book in the Territory. And check out GFA Live with Peter Winson and Kathy as they trek you through some classic episodes of WWF television. Maybe a movie you never know. So check out our friends of the show. It is Book in the Territory and GFA Live. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us here for episode 268. It is Monday, April 25th, 2022. Quinn, you're here, right? Hi. You know, we didn't hear. We didn't even mention, you know, speaking of Vince Russo, mm-hmm. people have often said that you look like Vince Russo. This is true. Because you have to see the video. You do look that, like but, him. Yeah. But anyway, folks, uh, we wanted to remind you just real quick here. If you like OVP and you want to support us, we'd appreciate that. We understand if you can't or don't want to. But Patreon.com slash OVP podcast is where you're going to get the latest in the 1984 canon. And very soon, the brand new... 1993 Monday Night Raw canon, which is going to be a lot of fun. Very new. We're starting at the beginning of Raw. Yeah. That's on the $2 tier. And then on the $5 tier, you're going to get the canon, and you're also going to get the pay-per-view reviews. Like we said, it's everything from the first WrestleMania to WrestleMania 11 Mm -hmm. out right now in your house coming up in May. I'm very excited for that. You're not even being funny. You really are. Because it's different. It's short. It's it's something we (laughs) haven't done in ever. We've never done it in your house. Well, so it'll be coming up in May if you want to get in your house in OVP's house if you will and again that is just five dollars a month that gets you everything the entire kit not only the kit but also the caboodle yeah kit that's that's what they call it yeah it gets you it gets to the kit so if you want your OVP kit go to patreon.com slash OVP podcast oh and also be sure be sure 
to subscribe to OVP on YouTube and on Vimeo. You might need it for this because, Quinn, we're reviewing something. We are. We are. And what we're reviewing is something that Quinn and I picked. We have, it, 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 it's it's a long time coming, Joe. We have wanted to do this for years, but you know it's rather new. But as the time goes on, this is, it is anymore. It's getting further and further away. Yeah. What we are reviewing is Lucha Underground. Yay! Now, what the hell is that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it does need a little bit of explaining, does it not? It does. It needs some explaining. So, Lucha Underground for those that might be unfamiliar. Was in theory a professional wrestling show. Yeah. And it in aired, theory. In theory. <laughs> from 2014 to 2018. And it's actually co owned by um, AAA, AAA, the, the wrestling promotion. Co owned is, is yes. another loose term <laughs> with this. Very co. And Lucha Underground aired on the El Rey network um, here in the US anyway. And it aired in various languages in various countries. And basically, what it was, to sum it up, was a wrestling show. Well, it wasn't. It was a television show under the guise of a wrestling yes, show. Yes, that's, that's a better description right? because it always, to me, was television show first. Yes. Like, which is, for wrestling, I understand that the WWF likes to say, you know, we're a TV show first. We're competing with, like, we tell stories. reality TV and stuff. Yeah. No, no, you're not. This is. <laughs> th this, this is the real freaking deal. This is, like, plot lines that involve death uh, oh yeah, romance, corruption, corruption much what, grittier than anything WWE yeah, was doing. Yeah, like it, all sorts. Of, it, it does all the things WWF says they want to do, right? But it actually does them. And, <laughs> and, and characters like they feel these effects of the shit that goes on backstage and stuff, right? Um, you know, in in the ring, like it's not it's not like they don't, but it's not also like. I wouldn't say it's like hokey like a drama or it's something. It's a little hokey. It's hokey. It walks it, a fine line between it, hokey and realistic. It's hokey in a like a dark kind of way, not a like, you know, like it's not man, cheesy. Man, Tabitha has a problem with her boss and like but she also is a wrestler at night and you see like hokey like like her at her office or something. Like Who's you know Tabitha? I'm just making a name up. The point Why is, Tabitha? is I just said this. I'm I'm just saying it's not that. It's like it lives in its own weird fucking dark oh, comic book style it, it, universe or something. It's, like, it's part comic book, it's part action adventure show. Yeah. It just happens to use wrestling as like something else that happens on it. Yeah. It's very bizarre. But I will tell you this, Quinn and I were watching it, uh, we watched most of the first season together. I, I joined a little bit after Quinn had started yeah. watching it. I had heard about it on, like, Smart Wrestling Fan, I think, and, like... Shout that out was, to like, those the, guys. That was the first time I ever heard it existed. Right. But I, they were saying all these things, and I was like, this can't be, like, the what they were describing was insane. Right. But, like, I was like, this, this, there's something, this can't, and then I, I was like, oh my god, it's like, ex like, it's exactly what they're saying it is. Like, this is crazy. If you've never watched it before, I encourage you to watch this one along with us, or if you're on the audio-only version, listen along with us. Mm -hmm. This show was interesting because it had a bunch of people that you probably know yeah, from other other, things. So that's the other thing, is that it kind of became like a cult hit while it was on yes, amongst which was, wrestling fans, right? Right. And again, this is before AEW existed. Yes. You know, this is this is when TNA was really the only competition, mm -hmm. um, and they weren't. And the, the TNA was down too. It's it's not like we're in the glory days of like Hogan or something in TNA. Not. I just mean that was the most exposure they got, where they got like more TV True. time and it wasn't stuff like their that. Best period, though. right? Exactly. But my point is, is like it's not that either. It's like this period of time where really. You know, it was just kind of only WWF, right? Yeah. And so, and I think a lot of people were getting tired of, like, the same old format. And this came along, and it is just completely different. It's than, a like, 
yeah. like anything I've ever seen. It's a much different show. It's not your pappy's wrestling show. Let yeah. me put it that way. It's it mixes in ring action with stories that have. It, it, I can't describe. You're gonna watch it with it if you've never seen it. Uh, it's also notable for featuring our lovely ring announcer Melissa Santos. Yes, you're this gonna, is where we discovered her. You're gonna in general. She'll be making her debut on the OVP Canon in review in form. An actual review. Yep. Um, also making its debut is the first ever. If you're on video, it's the first ever widescreen yes. thing we have ever reviewed. <laughs> That's so correct. Please bear with the. Uh, format that we have chosen yes. to present this in because we have only we're we're such an old school retro show that it's like we never <laughs> have ever touched anything in widescreen that's true everything like, we've done is just standard definition yeah, regular so, resolution so this is this will be funny when you see what the video scope looks like on this it's also the newest thing we've, we've ever yeah. reviewed and just to give you an idea of what it is it is a uh, from season one episode 29 which was may 27th 2015 Mm-hmm. So it's about seven years old at this point. It's not technically retro. We understand that. But this is our season where we're reviewing longer things or different things that we've never gotten to do. We mm-hmm. figured we'd throw this in. We really wanted to do it. So you're going to recognize some people. You're going to not recognize some people. Oh, also the commentary team is Matt Stryker and Vampiro. And, and they're, don't, do they're not amazing. let that scare you. They're amazing. That, I don't care. It is actually incredible. They're fun. I don't know how to explain it. They're not like WWF or WCW. No. Like they, they, they are not like that. And they're practically characters on the show themselves. In yes. fact, they have their own separate storylines. Especially you, Vampiro. Yeah. That, and and I think, Joe, we're going to have to, there's going to be times we're going to need to pause and kind of recollect what we remember the storyline being because these storylines are like wild. Like they're like some fucking Japanese RPG or something. There's like so much weird bullshit there going go. on. Like so. And what I did here is I picked one. Uh, I only looked through the episode guide briefly. I picked one. I didn't go through the episode, and Quinn didn't want to know which one we're doing, so I didn't tell him. There's one that I love, but it, I don't think not, that's. I told you, it's one. not that it's one. Not that one. So, but anyway, folks, we're gonna bring up the video scope now. Again, if you're on the audio, follow us on YouTube or on Vimeo. Click the link in our episode description or on Twitter if you want to watch this along with us. If not, just listen along on the audio. But without any further ado, the video scope in three, two, one, Lucha. Look at look how tiny we are compared yeah. to this enormous screen. Hi, I'm Hi. little now. I'm in a box. Yeah. Anyway, here it is. Lucha Underground Season 1, Episode 29, May 27th, 2015. Let's do it. El Rey. El Rey. We might have to talk about that later. <laughs> I don't know if we do. Oh, very ominous. Already it's very ominous, yeah. Okay. Shh. Death is defined as the permanent end of something. Bury him. But for you, this is grave consequences. Death ah, yeah. and Phoenix had a long-standing. You might need to pause it real quick. Okay, so, go ahead. Quinn. So what you're watching, right? They're kind of recapping in their you know more dramatic manner. There was a match where yep. um, Mil Muertes faced what was it? Phoenix. Phoenix, yeah. And um, you might know Phoenix. There was like a cat. It was like a casket match, right? Yep. And Mil Muertes is like he's like the Undertaker. He's basically. like their Undertaker. Yeah. Um, and basically, like, didn't Conan get thrown in or something? That's later. Okay, Conan's that's later. alive still. But anyway, Phoenix got thrown into this. And in this universe, if you get thrown into a casket, you're basically, like, dead. Mm-hmm. But they threw Phoenix in. Phoenix rises from the ashes. And he rose from the ashes. So, so that's what's going on here. Now, Katrina is Carly Perez. I don't know if you guys know her. She was briefly 
Maxine in WWE, like very briefly, right, like right around this time. Right so this, it was like, yeah. whoa, she just popped up from WWF, and now she's like a witch or something. She, like, she's basically a witch. She's on this a show. she's a central uh, antagonist in this yeah. show. The time okay. for sleep is over. There was nothing dead or alive. Oh, sorry, Mil Muertes was thrown in the casket. They both were at various yeah. points. Yes, he's dead right now. Right. Is he coming back? There's Dario. More powerful than ever. See, Mil Mortes is coming back. Let him end the man who cannot die. There's like putties. Yep. Now Dario. Hang on. Okay. Okay. We're not going to keep doing this. We're just setting the stage for you. Now Dario quit though. He is the proprietor of Lucha Underground in the storyline. Right. He. We mentioned him recently about authority figures. We were talking right. about. He's one of the best. He's corrupt. He's sloppy, but he does want to make money doing this, so he actually cares about his show. But there's also this looming threat going on that Dario is usually like kind of in control, right? Yes. Like he's one of those authority figures that's like a maniacal, like Lex Luthor type. Very Lex Luthor. But he's kind of made a with deal. He's sort of made like he's been working on and off with this witch Katrina. Katrina. Yes. And and it appears like from just watching this that she has almost set things into motion where like Mil Muertes went into the casket on purpose so he could gain enhanced like Undertaker powers. This is real. Like, yeah. No, this like, is real, folks. And so she's tell she was telling Dario, like, he's coming back. Yep. And like, Dario's concerned. Be- and Dario's like, oh shit, because Mil Muertes already was a fucking problem. Correct. As it is. And now he's got like enhanced undead wizard powers. Like, what's that mean? And we also need to mention that Dario has a brother that is uh, kept in a cage under the under the arena. Under the arena. Uh, yeah. His name is Matanza, and there's always the looming threat of Matanza. He has not appeared just we, yet. We don't know who he is. Yeah. All right, what do we got? Is that Hernandez? Yes, it is. Yes. I love Hernandez. And Conan. And Conan. And his, this is like his little... I don't think it was cool. And there he is, Ricochet. Involved in Puma's match. Prince Puma. Just so everyone knows, Prince Puma on the right there, that's Ricochet of right. WWE fame, you know? I hope you two can put differences aside because I have booked you two in a tag team against okay. Kate and Guerno. Oh, Hernandez doing? So Hernandez turned on Puma in a tag team match. Yep. And then Conan and Hernandez got into it. Johnny Mundo and the real. Yeah. I look forward. Alberto El Patron in Lucha, and he's actually good here. Yeah. I love Hernandez. Why do you not like Hernandez? He's so good. He's just nothing. Like, he's great. But look at this. <gasps> Patron got attacked by Johnny Nitro. Johnny Mundo. Johnny Mundo. Thrown through Dario's office window. <laughs> Dario likes it. Yeah. He doesn't care. With a huge assist by Johnny Mundo. Wow. This show is incredible. It is really I don't good. Care what anyone so now says. I want to see care. Johnny Mundo versus El Patron. Right. He threw him through Dario's office. I know. Yeah. All right. Let's see what we got. Oh, there's always a band playing. Oh, no. oh, oh. Shh. What do we got? Oh, uh, oh the Black Lotus. The undercover, remember? Yep. Oh, hold on. Hold on. The Dragon Azteca wants you protected. Ch- Chavo? Yes. <laughs> Maybe not. But if you really want revenge, do it the right way. Look at the way this is shot. The ring. Yeah. The whole world watching. It's so good. You know, you and I have a lot in common. My grandfather was there. No one likes Chavo, by the way. your parents. Sorry. Los Guerreros, we hate the Puertos as much as you do. She's got a vendetta against Dario Cueto. Yes, I'll Killed explain in a second. Yeah. Okay, pause it, pause it real quick. Okay, okay. So she 
um, her parents were killed by Dario Cueto's like family or yeah, some shit. His, he's his like, empire. I don't know his mafia family or whatever the fuck they are. Um, and she was like, she came in here undercover. Like Dario does not know she's the daughter of that guy. Correct. Killed, uh, th- that guy who died. That, so that's her sole purpose for like even being involved. She here just is, wants to basically revenge. murder Dario or yeah. something. Possibly. A, he isn't a good guy. No, he's terrible. He's a terrible yeah. human being. Chavo is Chavo. Chavo exists, unfortunately, for us. And this is a Robert Rodriguez joint we should mention. He mm-hmm. was the other co-owner, I believe, and you might know him. He directed a lot of movies as a friend of Quentin Tarantino, collaborator. Right. So, anyway. Let's go. Oh, yeah, the live band, Joe. Yeah, there's always a band. Yeah. It's not always the same one. Everybody, yeah. This is Lucha Underground. Thank you so much for joining arena. us. I know. I love it. A big thanks to Los Rayobacks, our musical guest. Didn't they have, like, bare naked ladies once or something? They band? Have, like, real <laughs> bands. Like, there they are. There they are. Puma puts the Lucha Underground Championship on the line against the number one contender, Hernandez. Okay, Hernandez versus Puma. That'll be good. Vampiro always looks like he's on the verge of a breakdown, and that's intentional. Yes, that's by design. Yes. He's been craving since day one. And if that like, weren't enough, he's on meds in the storyline. Here tonight in no, the is here. He oh shit. Seen Mil since he suffered grave consequences at the hands of Phoenix. Tonight, Neil Muertes oh boy. is oh God. revenge. For Phoenix to survive, he's going to need a lot more than a thousand lucky lies. If it's anything like last time, this is going to be brutal, brutal. I, I love brutal. Him. So the time good. for talk is over. Time tonight, for turkey. We yeah, give you what time. you want tonight. We lucha. Here we go. Let's go to Melissa. The Philly Lucha is yeah. for one fall. Lover. Currently in the ring from the cosmos. Oh, from space. Arrowstar. He's very middling, though. He's actually from space. There's like vignettes yeah. showing it. No, it's real. Yeah. He's not a luchador he, from Mexico. He's from no, space. From actual space. It's real, folks. Yeah. That's why he dresses like, you know, you gotta, he can't breathe out there. And his opponent from Los Angeles, California. Who's it? Johnny. Oh, Johnny Mundo. So this is John Morrison. If yes, you, if of course. Like, who the hell are we? To? Johnny Nitro. He's just, it is John Morrison character, he by the literally way. Literally, is the same thing. <laughs> uh, ever, ever, like literally, literally. just the same. Like, yep. But I will say this: his move set was way like enhanced. They let him by do the more. Like he wasn't. He's like crazier in this one. Yeah, because he's not in WWE, so he he's allowed to take more risks and yeah. stuff like that. He was. This was a big comeback for him. Not nobody had really seen him for a little bit. Few years. He'd been fucking around in like like indie feds, kind of just like, but like on his own time. Like right. Not even like because he made his money. He didn't really need to. He do did. That. He did. And this is where he met Taya, his wife. Yeah, Taya Valkyrie. I don't know if she has appeared yet. No. Here on the season one. No, no, no. She's not in season one. Yeah. Now, that's referee uh, Lefty. Mm-hmm. Remember Lefty? Lefty Gomez, right? No, that's a pitcher from the Sorry, well, Lefty something. I forget his name. Oh, shove off there by Mona. I guess I should call the match yeah. for the audio people. I can't, we can't. Yeah. <laughs> I have to do a little bit of that, obviously. Okay. Uh, but anyway. All right. Aerostar up to his feet here. Mona with a little kick. As I can see, Dario's office in the background. Sometimes he peeks out of it. Yeah, you got to watch out. They don't mention it, right? Yeah. They, well, there's that corner office <laughs> over there. That's like the closet. And yes. then there's Dario's office on the other side. On there. the other side. Yeah. Now, one thing I will mention here is we get a side headlock and some elbows by uh, Mundo is that they did edit the matches. It is very edited. It's not supposed to be like a sporting event. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I appreciate I don't this. mind. Like, Again, I don't I, care. Everything about this is experimental and why, is yes. why a lot of people liked it. 
this like is, the weird fan layout and stuff. The layout is weird. The camera angles are different. Yeah. It's not supposed to be like you're watching a live sporting event. Right. So the fact that they edit matches and edit out botches, who cares? Right. It's not meant to be like WWE or something or, no. or whatever. Anyway, we got a circle here. Yep, and, and the I, I, I must no, emphasize again, they, this arena setup, you can tell they have the laid temple. it out in a certain... The temple, yes. <laughs> They've laid it out in a certain way so that outside shit... Like, Float over and uh, Aerostar gets the takedown. Looks cool. Like, there's that stairwell. Yes. That's the kind of the entrance way, but it also isn't. Like, yep. some people come from there. Yeah, but it's uh, real. Yeah, like, Sometimes it, they come out the aisle. It's weird. Yeah. Uh, an Aerostar hitting a uh, 619 there. Yeah, he's going for... Look, jumping out of space right on top of the... Springboard splash. From the Cosmos, Joe. From the Cosmos. You can't, you can't doubt... See, when they say... See, here's the one thing I like. When they say somebody's from somewhere... They mean they, it. They mean it. Yeah, they're not they'll, joking. They'll, they'll show a vignette of him like <laughs> in a spaceship, but they don't give a shit. No, they've done this, like, folks. Yeah. Amundo hammering away here as Aerostar's on the apron. He tries to drag him in. Oh, kick. Aerostar in trouble now. Lefty coming over. Let's check in with uh, Striker and Vampiro. <laughs> now Lefty, hold him back here. Yep. What are they chanting? I can't pick it up. Uh, they're yelling something in Spanish at, at yeah. Mundo. They don't like him. Mundo has knocked Aerostar out of the ring here. Again, we know, folks, this isn't retro, but we appreciate you bearing under with us here this to do this one. We've wanted to now. do this. It's retro now. It's older. <laughs> yeah. Okay, now Mundo to the outside, and Aerostar... Looks like he's going to do he's something off the ropes. He's jump out of space onto him. Beautiful oh. plancha somersault style to the outside. So Both men down. You know, you say it's edited, right? Some of the stuff is, yes. But at the same time, they do edit it in a way so you do feel like you're watching a real match. Oh, yeah, right? yeah. It's not like... We're the, not trying to say it's like we're, you're watching some cut-up thing that you can no. tell is cut-up. It's just that if there was a problem... They, they get rid of it. has been cleaned up and professionally cleaned up, too, I might yes. add. Not yeah. like how WF does it. Well, the directing style and the cinematic style on this is really eye-catching. And it's one of the things that caught me. The way it's produced is really, really high quality. The, the set is dark but not in a like an, an old wrestling arena way. More no, not in a like smoky a, bar. More in like a like a high end set. Right? Yeah. Like it's like that we wanted a dark look for our set. Yeah, right. You know? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Alright, both men on their feet now. Ooh, right hand by Aerostar. Mundo's still up though. Oh! oh. Took him right across like the a, knee. a rock bottom backbreaker or something. Neckbreaker! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Russian leg sweep by uh, Mundo. Now, Johnny Mundo, in this matchup, he's supposed to be well overmatched on Aerostar. Like, Johnny Mundo's yes. a top-tier guy he's in the He's one of the main eventers, yeah. yeah. Aerostar's a mid-carder. Yeah, this is this is as close to a squash as you'll get in Lucha Underground, even though it's, like, a competitive match. Yeah, but squashes are pretty rare. Yeah. Pounding. And now, one thing, one thing I always noticed they would do in Lucha Underground. What? The first match would kind of, like, be like, this is a wrestling show. Mm -hmm. And then they lull you into that. And yeah, that's what I always liked yeah. about it. Yeah, like and we used to show some of our friends this and they got into it too because it's just it's really well done it's yeah. a very good show and if you don't think of it as like a typical wrestling show you shouldn't have a problem with it it's true a few of Striker and Vampiro <laughs> yeah, important like, characters here I, I like that they yeah. show them sometimes mm -hmm. alright side held up by Mundo on the mat grinding it in you can see Melissa in the background there that's like a that's like a cloverleaf on the ground or something but not a cloverleaf what am I thinking of um, like it's a million like, dollar dream on the it's on the kind it's kind of a three quarter Nelson yeah sleeper uh, lefty using his left hands to uh, break it up <laughs> by the way I did um, I had been talking to Melissa about coming on for this unfortunately 
Uh, she was schedules. not able to make it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's there. Uh, doesn't matter, but she can't. Uh, yeah, she can't right now. Oh, uh, yeah. Unfortunately, just due to timing issues, but it would have been cool to get her insight on some of the backstage. Yeah, or was behind it when the they were stuff. filming it and stuff. Correct. Anyway, Irish whip by Mundo Duck under by Aerostar. Okay. He goes on this maneuver. Bounces over the ropes. Mundo um, with a form is blocked. blocked. High kick by Aerostar. He's going to springboard uh, another, in, it looks like. Another launch. Uh, Beautiful springboard fez press. Another takeoff there. Yeah, he <laughs> launched himself. Yeah. Two, three. No. Kick out. A rocket launcher, if you will. <laughs> yes. Okay, both men down now. Yep. Going to crawl up here. I always like the little symbol in the middle that's never really explained, like some Aztec logo yeah. or something. There's a lot of Aztec things that go on in this show, yeah. by the way. There's medallions and th there's a lot of stuff, folks. They'll talk about, like, the meaning behind certain stuff. Yes, this is a sacred, you know, temple that we're in. Oh, yeah, it's actually, even though it's in a warehouse in L.A. Or, Don't worry about it. But they say this, too. I know. Mundo going all the way up top. No, Aerostar yanked him down by the ankle. Mundo with a right hand. Pounding away now on Aerostar. Rights and lefts in the Mundo corner. Really going with the punches here, huh? Gave him a knuckle sandwich, Quinn. Now you know what I like about another thing with the presentation. Sandwich. I feel like this is actually underground for some. You know what I mean? Yeah, they give you the impression. Oh, Mundo missing a springboard. Something this is not legal, right? Like, maybe the cops might show up. Well, that's there's always that as well. That yeah, has happened before too. No, they've, come. they've yeah, come. they've come for them. They've come. Yeah. Overhead North Northern Lights by Mundo. And he's going up top. I yeah. think this will probably do it here. The Mundo one to the top. Split-legged. Yes. The end of the world. Corkscrew. Yeah. Yep, the end of the world. Because his name's Mundo. What he calls one, it there. Two, three. There, you, there go. you go. Mundo wins. Mundo with the victory. Let's listen to Melissa. I love her. She's very good. I really, I'm not just saying that. <laughs> She's great. You know, they were... another. You know what's weird? Just because of the timing. They're another... Like early, look at they have a hashtag in the corner kind of thing. They do, yeah. Like yeah. that. That's you know what year was this? Like sixteen or this something? is fifteen that we're 15, watching 15, now. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. God, Started seven 14. years ago. Yeah, I know. Oh, what do we got here? Hernandez. Now, if you don't remember Hernandez, he was a, made a big deal in TNA. Homicide and Hernandez. Yes, and so he came to here to be more of a singles guy. He's good. Yeah, I don't okay. mind him. But Puma's got to put his his coveted Lucha Underground Championship on the line. The first champion. The first champion. Yep, Prince Puma. He's like the champion like most of the season, if I, I recall. I believe so, yeah. yeah. Uh, Everybody's oh. and we're super geeks, so I'm just going to jump a ah, sexy star. Sexy star. <laughs> Let's check we in with this. We got sexy star with us. She's good. Yeah. Every right. time that I see you lately, I see Pentagon Jr. After uh -oh. your trios match, he went out and tried to break Superfly's arm, but you stopped him. Do you want to explain that to everybody? Going to break the arm. Yeah, Pentagon had this thing where he would try to break yeah. everyone's arm. She says, Pentagon Jr. is nothing to me. I don't care who he is. I'm not afraid of him. And I assume the consequences. But aren't you afraid of what Pentagon can do to you? Let's see, Vampiro, would you be asking me that if I was a guy? This guy's a psychopath and he's crazy. He is. running around trying to snap people's arms. He's like the stone cold of this Yeah, been breaking arms as his gimmick. Remember he tried to do it to Melissa? Yeah. Has the mask match affected your friendship? Now, pause it for one second. We need to explain something. He, you might be asking, he's talking to a lady, right? Yeah, sexy star. Sexy star. But they're and if you're on the video, you see this, but on the audio, you might. She fights guys. 
Yes. Like, there is no... Intergender is just a thing so, here. So, yeah, and in the first episode, they make this clear. There is no gender in... No, there's in no the gender, gender class. There's no gender class of wrestling. Some people um, like that, some don't. It's so up to you. women fight men, yep. men fight women. Yeah. You know, back and forth. There might be tag teams where it's mixed. Yes. There might be girl a girl tag team versus a guy tag team. It's just the way it is. Sometimes like, there's little people, and they wrestle, re- like, regular-sized people. So there's no... This does happen. Basically, like, what I like about this, that I've always said, mm-hmm. is that I feel like kayfabe power matters which is something i've always emphasized Correct. in WWE where it's like it's like status right yes. and sexy stars kind of like she's like presented as if she's like fucking stone cold Steve she's Austin one of the top tier people of women yep. so it's like she can like handle herself yep. says i haven't heard from him since the match he's recovering she took his mask off yeah he's in rehabilitation better of the arm that you let pentagon break Imperial. i didn't let it happen since then I haven't stopped thinking about it. Superfly is my friend. And for me, it was hard to be unable to help him. Pentagon Jr., you two finally duke it out. What happens? She'll win. And how did you feel? She won, sorry. She can't describe the feeling. She relives it in her head and feels satisfaction again. But what's important is if I inspire a woman or a young girl stand up to someone and scream I'm not afraid right that moment my job will be done so she's trying to be inspiring to women by beating up the guys (laughs) I mean yeah permission for a rematch between Pentagon Jr. and yourself in a submission style match how are you feeling how are you going to prepare yourself physically and mentally for something that's geared specifically to be in the advantage of Pentagon Jr. He's so good. He's never seen the submission holds I know. (laughs) So I promise that next week whatever happens this thing between him and me will end. Sexy, you are there you a go. hero to so many people. She's not putting up with that shit. <laughs> like, she's like, I'll kick his ass. I don't care. Yeah. Professional wrestling. I'm telling you, you're a pioneer and you're an idol. Well, she is. Multitudes <laughs> of people worldwide. Thank you what so much. What happened to her? Like, which, didn't she do MMA? I think she's scheduled for one fall. Okay. The falling lucha. The lucha it's real. <gasps> okay. It's, it's time, time, huh? Introducing first the challenger. From Houston, Texas, Hernandez. I like that she does the Spanish pronunciation for everything. Yeah, it's like, good. Depending on the person, too. Yep. I love Hernandez because he looks like such a douchebag. That's why I he's like very him. douchey looking. He's so, like, <laughs> the yeah. strut and everything. Like, yep. He thinks he's good. And it just and the makes funny me part happy. Is he was like the sub guy yeah, under homicide. Right. He wasn't even like he was just like the bodyguard. Right. That's why I like, like him because he's junky. Yeah. <laughs> he is very junky. He's junky. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, Conan's protege, Prince Puma. Accompanied All right. by Conan. He is the Lucha Underground Champion. she does it's like the best, it's like the best shit ever she puts everything into it now, now I didn't like Prince Puma during this phase of the, the Puma on his head or whatever did he always have he, get, he gets rid of it no, later no he doesn't does he he stops wearing this shit you like, don't like it I don't like it as much so he's coming from up there see yeah. now I always thought the belt looked cool as hell it's a cool belt it's a cool title belt yeah didn't they say Conan's with him where's Conan wait is he oh he's not there 
Why is Hernandez? Oh, no, he's at the bottom oh, of the okay. stairs. Remember, because he he can't walk. Now, yeah, is that fake or is that a they're selling know. some shit? I, I never I don't could know. figure that out. I'm not sure. In all seriousness. Yeah. Oh, shot of the warehouse. We see the abandoned area with this underground fighting is occurring. Love it. Now, nobody... Ricochet had not really been around... Did he break through anywhere yet? This was in the in America. This was his first real, like, people knew who he was. In America, yeah. yeah. He'd been in Japan, I believe. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Mexico, but... Oh, shoved by Ricochet. And it was interesting that... Right hands and lefts by Ricochet. He had been Ricochet before this. Yes. He had just, you know, just for this show, he was Prince Puma. There are people that are, are something different in this and only in this. Like, um... Thunder Rosa was in this as Cobra Moon, right. for example. That's, yeah, that's they just somebody. had different names. But then there's other wrestlers like Hernandez, where he's just using his, you know, TNA name. Correct. Yeah. Or um, Rey Mysterio came in at one point. As Rey Mysterio. As Rey Mysterio, right? Yeah. All throws is Puma. Slide attack on the ankle of Hernandez, who is down now. Mm -hmm. Puma with a kick. I always liked Prince Puma Ricochet because I think that he's very fun wrestler to watch. I thought it was bold of them to go with him as the first like heavyweight champion. Right. Springboard because, flip out. Oh, a couple of back. Like, because they emphasize that he <laughs> is a lucha. Correct. Right? And not that like the champion of this is a lucha. The not, champion's not, a lucha. Yeah. I like that he just did the homicide like strut. He yeah. mocked him. It's good. Oh. Shoulder block by Homicide. Could have jumped on him. I mean, Homicide. Hernandez. Yeah, Hernandez, yes. Oh, nice. Oh, look at that. A reversal there by Ricochet. Yeah. Kind of a, kind of a gut buster sort of... What is that? Uh, no, I, think <laughs> I don't think it was a gut buster. Look at this. Ricochet look at this off this Beautiful somersault. Wow. Yeah, I, I always thought Prince Puma's look was cool. Yeah, like I think he looks good. and the kind of like furry whatever those are on his arms. Well, because remember, his spirit animal is what? It's a tiger or something. It's like, it's, a, it's, it's not, not a puma. It's not, not even a puma. <laughs> it's real. Springboard crossbody by Puma. Nicely done. One, two, kick out What's by Hernandez. In this season, there was yeah. big hype around what their spirit animal, everyone had a spirit animal. In the beginning of the season, yeah. Most of it made sense. Yes. Like, but Prince not Prince Puma's. And you know they did that on purpose. It's almost like a meme. Yeah. And his spirit animal, of course. You guessed it. That's said yeah. before. You guessed it. Cheetah. Yeah. It's, like, it's not a puma. Like, what? <laughs> Close line by Hernandez. Look how douchey he is. It's so funny how douchey he is. Now, Hernandez in the overall grand scheme, if you're wondering if this is some big feud or something, this is just like a sub-feud for, for Prince Puma. Like, this, this is, is not a main thing. This is like when Bret Hart fought Razor Ramon at right. Royal Rumble 93. It's like a Coliseum home video yes. match. Like, Hernandez is not a major player. But a lot of the story of Prince Puma was that he was, like, the chosen one by Conan, the, like, you know, el elder... Um, yes. Uh, elder Luth Lucha Man. Yeah, uh, elder Lucha Man. And, he, and Conan dies in the show. Later. Yes. But th at this point, he's not. He's guiding his uh, steed here. Yes. His, his Puma. <laughs> That's right. Like, who's not a Puma. <laughs> no. He's a cheetah or something. Cheetah. Leopard, yeah. whatever. Yeah, leopard, whatever. <laughs> um, this is not very good, by the way, this match. Yeah, this, but this is, I can tell that just from watching this, there will be some story implications. Oh, there's reasons. Based off the fact that it's a bullshitty match. Right, it's very bullshitty. Yeah. <laughs> it's just to kill some time. That's all it is. Because something important will probably happen. Correct. Now, there's other people that we are not going to get to see, like Brian Cage. Mm -hmm. Well, we might see him. I don't know, but I feel like we're not. Um, or just Cage, as they call him on here. They call him Cage. The man they call Cage or whatever. Yep. He's a robot, possibly. He was, remember? Yeah. He was revealed to be actually half cyborg. Yes. Your mom's a cyborg. Look at this maneuver. Hernandez with a butt splash. Butt sit there. Do the, do the strut. Come on, Hernandez, do it. 
I Irish whoop by Hernandez. Off the ropes like is Puma. The, the Puma in hand here, but sunset flip. Hernandez not even <laughs> selling it. The nonchalant. He checked his watch. It's good that he doesn't have. Just picked him right up. Oh, paid oh. for it though. Inzaguria style kick there. I feel like a lot of the story with Prince Puma was uh, challengers that are bigger than him. Um, and that he's so lucha that he can just flippy flop out of them. He's resourceful. He's yeah. athletic. They really tried to build like a hero. Like, and I actually appreciated that as like the champion in all this like dark shit going on. Yeah, no, I thought it was a good pick. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, two whoa. count. Very quick one there by referee. Uh, I forget that guy's name. There's only three. The other one. And then they have. Lefty is the only one I ever remember. They have those. No, the senior referee was a former WWF one, Marty Elias. Oh, remember? yeah, Marty Elias he, was the senior. He's their senior official. Oh, the Jesse Ventura special <laughs> by oh, Hernandez. Perfect. Hernandez is such a heel. <laughs> I know. I hate him. He is very funny in this because he's very much a traditional pro wrestling heel, and no one else is. Yeah, not in a this lot of company. people are like this. Right. This is an odd one to pick for, for um, <laughs> an episode, but I'm sure some crazy bull crap happens is why somebody picked it. We'll see. Well, I picked it. You picked it? I, I picked thought it. Richard picked it. No, I picked it. Oh, because Richard doesn't know much about this show, no, right? I, I never really watched it except the first episode. We're, see, what I'm hoping is that people watch this and that they understand that like this show is different, right? So it's, I hope we picked a good episode. Yeah, like Quinn and I always viewed a crossbody as caught by Hernandez, casually, by the way. Uh, Quinn and I always viewed it as a television show, not a wrestling yeah. Show. It was just like a net. We we viewed it like a Netflix show. Like it's just something I you said watch. It should have been on Netflix, not but, El Rey. I think they did port it over to Netflix later. Eventually, but it was too late. It was too so, late. Yeah, like yeah. when it was new, it should have been on Netflix. Right. We had to watch this like using what pro wrestling dot foot or something. Whatever watch wrestling dot dot friends or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like it, you know, like we didn't have El Rey. You know? Nobody had El Rey. That was the other thing. Is El Rey was a, a newly launched channel. It, it was. wasn't in a lot of markets. Correct. Well, Razor's of, Edge. Oh shit. No, uh, Puma dropped down to his feet. Big back elbow. Hernandez still up, though. This show was actually chosen to help... To help launch it. Launch El Rey. Correct. Which was a like a more Spanish-based um, channel, yes, I believe. Yes, no, it is. El, El Rey means the but king. But it had like, stuff in English. Oh, it oh, did. Oh, no, Conan. He, but Conan and his khakis. Remember, now, he's, he's not okay. He's got bad legs. He does have a bad leg or hip or something. Yeah. Hernandez taunting him. Conan oh, waving Conan the cane. like, I'm going to go fight him. Meanwhile, Puma on the outside, I saw him grabbing They're a like, chair. Don't do it, Conan. <laughs> you're, you're, you're old. You're old and hurt. Yeah. Puma's got a chair. Here comes Hernandez. Oh, he doesn't see the chair. Oh, oh. whacked him right in the head on Hernandez the suicide dive. Jumped into a chair. Nicely done. Now, that's the other thing about Lucha Underground, and Dario expressed it from the beginning. It's not exactly ECW rules, no, but it's, it's like not. looser. They're a little loose, yeah. They're like, we let it. We let a lot of stuff slide. There's it's a lot like, of slack. It's like that style. Correct. Like, like, people can get disqualified, but it's not common. They don't... They don't worry too much about it, right. you know? It's kind of like that main event WWF style from the late 90s, early 2000s. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, springboard corkscrew to the floor on Hernandez yeah. by Puma. That's one thing, like, whether you like the style or not, and I don't always, um, Prince Puma, Ricochet, is a tremendous athlete. Whether you like the wrestling style or not, you what know, some people don't like that. Is a lot of people don't like the flippy stuff, but what I feel like that this show does is that it emphasizes that this is lucha style wrestling it's, it's not yeah. designed to be a traditional promotion correct right that, and that's another reason why i find hernandez funny here because he's right. not a lucha whatsoever he's not really a lucha he's very much like a regular wrestler heel right that's exactly. why it's funny you know yeah. but a lot of the guys are lucha oh power bomb by hernandez coming up no razor's edge by hernandez 
Onto oh, he's the, doing it into the apron. Oh, oh right boy. onto the apron. Yeah, he is just overpowering the Lucha King over here. This is a big man. Yeah. Hernandez. Don't you like him, though? What a douche, right? He like a he, douche. he plays a great douchebag heel. Now, Conan's got to get his man up here. Conan's so poor in this show. Like, he's so useless. You're supposed to... He's supposed to... You know what I yeah, I always saw him as? Is he's supposed to represent, like, tradition and legacy. Yeah, and, and he like, has a name. That you're supposed to be frustrated that he gets in the way, right? That <laughs> yeah, he's like... Like, he's he, a- like, you know what I mean? Like, you're... He's there to be, like, you know, like, oh. um... Uh-oh. Remember when Shawn Michaels had Jose oh, Lothario? It's the same it, thing. It's the same. He's doing the same gimmick. It's poor. Charged by uh, oh, Puma on the outside. Look oh, at that. Right oh, Joe's feet on the, on the railing. Fucking awesome. Okay, so you might, you might hear Joe say railing, but that railing is elevated. It's yeah, like it's an a, elevated it's, it's railing. Like on a stoop or something. So he just jumped. He, just, he did a handspring leap. Just like, landed cold on his feet. Did a corkscrew moonsault, I think it was. He must have jumped at least seven feet in the air and... That's about seven feet. That he looks jumped like, off right? of Hernandez, so, who helped launch yeah. him. But yeah, he's maybe, elevated. Maybe six feet? I don't know. But probably it, elevated about six feet. Yeah. yeah. Hernandez down. Puma struggling up. Mm-hmm. Referee is counting, but... See, and that's another example of what I was saying before about using this 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 arena. The environment, yes. This, the environment is very commonly used in unique ways. Correct. Because it's weird. Because it's weird, yeah. yeah. Look at that. A friggin' four... Was that a 450? Yeah, I think so. Springboard? Two? Two. No. Two? And see, he's having the... I like this. the story of this is... Hernandez is the power. Yeah. He's had to use his crazy lucha shit to Just like, to get him down. Just to get him down, yeah. right. Like, Hernandez isn't supposed to be a good wrestler, by the way. No. <laughs> he's just it's big. Just, it's all power, yeah. right? Hernandez still down, though. Spuma heads all the he's way upstairs. Have to use another 450 just to stop him. Maybe even a 460. We'll have to I see. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, does that exist? No. He's up there. What do we got? What's he going to do? Uh, no. That was... And he landed. See, that's what that, the WWF they wouldn't do, is him land on his ass like that, like totally miss it. You could hurt yourself. They always do the thing where they land on their feet when that happens. <laughs> true, I, true. But he did miss it. Hernandez going for a gut wrench powerbomb. Oh. Gut wrench. Oh, a power move here. Look at that Whatever maneuver. That was. Looked cool. That might be it. Kick oh. out by Puma. Wow. Just barely. <laughs> that, see, that looked like a finish. That I was a good say. move. Yeah, it was a good maneuver there. You know why Hernandez looks dicky? The shirt. Yeah, everything about him. He doesn't even him. need it either. He's like built. Yeah, like, the shirt, the bandana when he comes <laughs> yeah. out. He just, he knows what he's doing. By the way, folks, sometimes the announcers curse and like, it's just casual. And that's just how it is like, here. Sometimes Vampiro just says, fuck. We're on El Rey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can do what we want. Is this his finisher, I guess? The crucifix power? Oh, 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 it didn't work. Hang on. One, two. Oh, he's in the ropes. Hernandez under the ropes. <laughs> oh, big boop by Hernandez. And the referee, look, he hurt his hand. He's got bandage on his counting hand there. That's true. <laughs> Puma went for a bulldog. Oh, what? Oh, no. He fell in a power slam position. Beautiful. That's just like a bear when a salmon's jumping through the waterfall. That's here. It's great. They don't care. It's like a bear with a judge. Jumping through a salmon. Sure. What the hell is he going up for? Wait, Hernandez is going up. This seems like a mistake, Joseph. This can't, this can't go well. <laughs> yeah, it just countered easily. <laughs> For those of you on the audio, it was like a big, doofy splash. And like, <laughs> Prince Puma was like a mile ahead of him. He was just like waiting for him. It was great. So now Hernandez is in trouble, struggling okay. to his feet. Super kick to the head. Yep. This hurt this big Hernandez. I think maybe this will finally take him down. Big roundhouse kick. It is a target. Oh, scissor, ooh. scissor to the head. Is that it? That's got to be it. Kick no. out by Hernandez. What's gonna knock this guy out? <laughs> wow. 
He's crazy. He's crazy, that guy. For <laughs> this guy's really bonkos. Yeah, this is bonkos over here, yeah. A coffee table book about coffee tables. <laughs> Should have Regis on this show. He could have been. I'm anything goes. Anything could happen, honestly. All right. Okay. What, Puma. what, Puma's going to need some big shit to, or like just a chair or something. something. I, I don't know. A gun. I don't know. Puma going all the way up. He's going to go for like a backflip or what is this? No. Oh, Hernandez there. Leans on the ropes. Puma loses his balance. Crotches himself. Rick Crotche. He has too much time to recover. That's the cost Ooh. of these high-risk maneuvers, Joe. So it's got to cost something. Yeah. Hernandez looking for a what now? A superplex, perhaps? Looks like a superplex. Shades of Bob Orton Jr. Yeah, I like this match. They can't beat each other. Yes, yeah, this actually isn't that bad. I yeah. thought it wasn't good at first. Yeah. Getting better. Okay, what, what's Prince Puma fought him off now? Oh, here comes Hernandez. Oh. Big kick by Puma, who's like still on the turnbuckles. Puma's got the flips, but he also has the kicks. You know what I mean? Kicks usually, and flips. Usually they don't have. They either have one or the other. They got That's the kicks true. Like Daniel, flips. Daniel Bryan has kicks. You know, not as much flips. Not, not, but this not guy's many got flips. flips. He's supposed to be the like big chosen one, though, the right? Well-rounded wrestler. Well-rounded, yes. yeah. And he's all the way up. What's this? Oh, he's gonna go. Oh, that was wow. like a 780 degrees. 720 maybe. Do a one, two, three. That, that will finish him off. That was an extra flip on that one. This music's lame, by the way. Yeah, it's dopey. It's crummy. Puma, Puma. Conan doesn't turn heel or something. No, he stays face and then they kill him, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay, just checking. <laughs> yeah. He does get killed. I'm not gets I'm not joking. He gets actually killed. It's real. But they don't say it overtly. Only Katrina's like, he met his demise. Well, remember, when Mil Muertes went in the cast, yeah. he died, but he woke up, his eyes open, like right. they showed us. But, but he has powers. See, I like that because they have established what the casket does. Right, it kills you. But that's much later, the Conan thing. It's the end of season one. Yeah. We're almost at the end of season one. Anyway, all right, what's next? Okay, the warehouse. Back to the abandoned factory here. Yep. That same car has just been circling the arena. It's amazing. Yeah. Just driving around <laughs> looking. <laughs> Lucha is a death match. Oh, it's a death match. Okay. It's scheduled for one fall. Of course. A Introducing match. first from Mexico City, Mexico, Phoenix. Phoenix, baby. Well, how can you kill a phoenix? It rises right. from the ashes. That's correct. Where's he coming from? Just out the aisle. Okay. No, but he's coming from the top floor. Say. Oh, you're right. Yeah, you're right. You're right, Quinn. Down the steps. Now, Phoenix is another uh, big player here during this yeah. period of time. Mm-hmm. A thousand lives, see? So that's only, you know, if he went in the casting, that'd just be one of them. A thousand lives, and what does uh, Mil Muertes mean? I don't... Uh, a thousand deaths. A thousand deaths. A thousand lives versus a thousand deaths. It's very basic, and it's bordering... Like I said, it's bordering on hokey, but I don't now, care. Phoenix, you may recognize from the AEW. Yes. It, he teams with Pentagon, I believe, now. I believe so, yeah. yeah. Look at him walking the ropes. Yeah. Another talented guy. Yeah, this guy really... This... He was one of the better guys in this company. Yeah, he was. He I was really, really like their him. top guy season yeah. one. Beyond the grave, me. Uh -oh. oh shit! Oh, oh yeah, he's he's now Shao he Kahn. He has minions now. He has putties. He's Shao Kahn. Yup. We just need to make this clear. So Katrina's his witch, and she has like this thing that's like the urn, but it's a rock or something. He's got upgrades now, Joe. <laughs> This, he wasn't like this before this, remember? It was just Mil Muertes and Katrina. Now he's got putties, and he's, he has putties. he's got extra feathers on. Like, are these guys that are with him? Yeah. Wherever Mil Muertes went after grave consequences, he returned with but, souls of his own. Say. He also returned 
with Katrina. They're definitely doing that in post. You can hear yeah. the booth that yeah. they're in. You know it's what dark. I mean? It's dark. TV turned huge. TV turned evil. Look at he's got Katrina. I don't know if Phoenix can beat this. I don't know. Oh, Phoenix oh, is going to jump on him, right? Oh, no sell. He no sold it. He no sold it completely. Phoenix doesn't know what to make. See, he's like the fucking Undertaker now. He is. He's their Undertaker. Big kick by Phoenix. Oh, not going to work. Nope. Phoenix just slightly staggered. You're going to need more than that to even knock him down. Phoenix off the ropes. To the floor. And just punches him in the face. Punched him on the dive. Oh, boy. A death match. The that pinfall or submission must occur in the ring. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, when they say death match and look underground, Joe. Yeah. I'm, I don't know about that. <laughs> right. Uh, Dario Cueto saying the rules. I don't trust him. Uh, he's not a savory character. Yeah. Anyway, Morta's just stomping away on Phoenix in they the middle might, of the ring might here. just kill the loser. Like, they might just say you're dead. You never know. Yeah. This is the thing around here. Katrina watching with her rock or whatever. I forget That's what like that is. That's like the urn for now. Huh? Yeah, it is. Because yeah, you gotta you gotta contain... He, he's not really alive. There has to be something to keep him going. He needs a remote control. Yeah. Uh, referee, by the way, is the senior official, Marty Elias. Right. Let's see what we got here. He's just choking him now. And, and a big, big slap. Yep. By uh, Mortis. I like how they bring Marty Elias out for this because you need a real official. Because keep Mil Muertes under control. <laughs> He's a dangerous fellow. Yeah. Big right hand by Mortis. Irish whip by Mortis. Head might, down. Phoenix might. blocked. Big kick by Phoenix. Mortis is okay though. Off the ropes is Phoenix again. Power oh. slam by Mortis. What? Now, you might. See, I feel like Mil Muertes is a little unassuming looking. This fella, a kind of big guy though, but it's it's really just it's the build around him. I feel that made him seem big, bigger oh, yeah. than he is. No, they did a good job with yeah, him. Yeah, and and especially Katrina and her minions now. Now she's got minions. <laughs> she, there's putties. Yeah, big corner toss there by Mortis. Phoenix is in trouble. Now Phoenix is you know a thousand lies really isn't overcoming a thousand deaths here. It doesn't not, seem like not right now, Michael. Yeah. It's a thousand versus a thousand. It's, the numbers are even at least. The math is even. Yeah, checks out. We'll see who wins. And we know Phoenix the last time defeated Mil Mortes in the in the casket thing. Yes, he did. Grave consequences. Grave consequences. Yeah. That's right. Here comes Mortes. Oh, choke slam. Choke slam. Oh, Beautiful. Almost big, a belly to belly style. Yeah, that's a big, big choke slam there. Jeez, he he launched him like on the other side of his body. Did like a ninety degree turn. Yeah. Look at this. Oh boy. Uh oh. Katrina's commanding something. I love that they just do the Paul Bearer. Yeah. It's all that is. But it's more modernized. It is. No, it's it's a different take on it. Marta's going all the way up. But Phoenix to his feet. He's up. All oh. the way up. Jumping drop kick. He just rose like a phoenix out of that. And ah. just got up out of nowhere. You, you see that? How do you like that, Michael? Yep. So Marta's in one corner. Phoenix now. What is this maneuver? Going to the adjacent corner. Perpendicular. He's going to run across New School. He ran across the ropes for New School and yeah. gave him a yeah. kick. Yep, New School, Jeff. Beautifully. <laughs> I call it. I, I, I just coined that. Yeah, I like that coin. School. So Mortez is in trouble, believe it or not. Yeah. On the floor now, near Katrina, near the min, uh, minions. Mm -hmm. Phoenix in the ring. Hey, you're never, you're never sure what might happen, though. No, you never know. Look at the, look at this maneuver. Oh, oh. big moonsault. See, Cameraman went down. I really liked um, a lot of the jumping moves in this were different at the time. For the U.S. audiences, for the U.S. Sure. audience, yes. and there was st stuff I saw some of these luchas doing because I hadn't seen luchas, real luchas, since WCW. That, yeah, you know, there was new maneuvers developed since they, the nineties, right? On their moves, yeah. 
Whoa, oh, whoa, he pulled whoa. him by the leg into a clothesline. Muertes, yeah. Like, he was Damn. in an inziguri position, but he pulled him in for a short arm. And then, like, that was short leg clothesline. Yeah. <laughs> That's what that was. Crazy. All right, Phoenix now, now, now in trouble. On I the think floor. this Mil Muertes, he looks at that chair from before, remember? Yep. That the other guy from he Puma. Yeah. Oh, whacked oh. him with it. No DQs. Deathmatch. Deathmatch. Marty Elias knows that. You might die. Just saying. I mean, it's Lucha Underground. You might. I have a feeling this this isn't going to go into the crowd, Joe. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. Mortis oh, now just oh attacking boy. him with a chair. Marty Elias watching. Nothing he can do. And he throws the chair at Marty Elias, but he can't, again, he can't do anything. Doesn't matter. And as, uh, as, as she guides the minions there. <laughs> That's true. Katrina. Yoink. Oh, into the... Into that, the railing. The grating. The, the elevated railing, yeah. The rusty grate. One more time. No, Phoenix oh, reversing reverse. it. Now, if you recall, they used to emphasize on commentary that the grate was rusty. Yeah, so they it did. hurt more or something. It, it's not well kept. You could get tetanus, perhaps. <laughs> now, look at this. Phoenix is now going on the elevated railing. Where Ricochet was. And he's going to do a maneuver, it looks like, here. Some kind of maneuver. Oh, uh, oh double stomp. Like a double stomp, yeah. yeah. Wow. Both men down, though. That took everything out of Phoenix. To jump, to climb up the rail, I see. You get tired. Now, the fans there do something I don't like, which is chant for, you know, Lucha. Lucha. I don't like that. Hey, no, 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 this is awesome, Chance. Now, what I want to say, though, <laughs> is these crowds... Cutting the audio. If you recall... Um, they're wrestling fans. They're wrestling fans, but they also don't really know what this is yet. Because remember, all of this was filmed all, like, a lot of, at the same time. No, 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 no. They did two episodes at a time. Did it wasn't they? like they filmed them all and then aired it. I just mean to say is that this was not known. I think that the crowds did not know what to even cheer. They did. Um, you think? Yeah. Because I, I felt know. like a lot of it was being made up as it went. If any like, of you out there, because uh, it's possible, went to a Lucha taping, maybe you live out in a Los Angeles area yeah. there, let us know. Because did these fans even see the episodes prior? Prior to when this was taped. That's what I mean. They don't even know so. anything. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the answer yeah. to that. That's why we needed Melissa on here. Right. Now, Mil Mortes has sent Phoenix to the outside at this point. And he, Mil Mortes going to the top, Joe. What is he going to do up there? I That's don't know. not good. Oh, whoa, he did. He did a big splash. I didn't expect that from the big guy. Now, Mil Mortes. What an intimidating figure, just physique-wise, I would say. He is a scary guy. Yeah. He is a big man. He's a big man. Very big. Oh, he's, he's trying to... Oh! Oh, on Striker and uh, Vampiro's desk there. Not nice. Look at this. Uh-oh. Now, you, they might go to that... You Remember the utility closet, yeah, though? There's, there's things over there. Yeah. There's weapons oh, in there. Oh! Whoa! Big chair shot. Echoing, echoing. Wow. And oh, now oh what? Boy. Fireman's carry by Marquez. Wait, on the stairs? All the way up the steps oh, he's no! going. He, he's carrying him up. Is he going to take We're running. <laughs> this he's a big boy. What are we Whoa, doing he's, here? He's carried him all the way up the stairs. <gasps> Over the... On, the... on top of the utility closet. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Phoenix that, wiggled that, off, That though. roof looks weak, Joe. That doesn't look like, like it's some drywall. Yeah. Kick. Oh, oh shit! Powerbomb position by Muertes. Oh no! Oh no! Katrina commanding it. They are high atop is he gonna throw him off of it, or is he gonna throw him through it? Oh! He went through the utility closet roof. Oh no! You can see the smoke from the from the, from the drywall. Those ashes are not uh, yeah. gonna lead to Phoenix Rising. That shit was cool. Yeah. What, what happened to him? Where do like, they, they should go to break. This where do they go? Con- see, this is where you go to break right here. Maybe they will. 
I'm not sure if this match is going to continue. I mean, that's got to be at least. We need a, this is awesome chance. Oh, they got to. They got to. Oh, Marty Elias, open up the door. <laughs> He's literally like, hey, yeah, are you knocking okay on there? the door? <laughs> yeah. Just stay tuned. Mar <laughs> Marty wants the utility closet key. Well, he wants... <laughs> That's what he's asking for. Give me the key! Yeah. We gotta get the brooms out of there. <laughs> and also, Phoenix fell in. I told you, that was a good point to take a break right there. Right? Like, point. we gotta get the key! Like, we gotta take a break. It's great. Through the perch directly above our announced position. With the replay here. Boom! Oof. He definitely went through that. That wasn't fake. No. Now Vampiro likes it because remember he likes violence. Yeah, he doesn't he, care if it's heel or face. He gets a little. Okay, now they the, the okay. door. They, they, it looks like they, they broke, broke it down. down. Now there's nothing in the utility closet. What's up with that? I don't know. Oh, there's another door back there. What does that go backstage or something? <laughs> I don't know the layout. I want to know. The disciples of death. Now they're holding him like he's he's like in a crucifix yes. position there. They're carrying him to the ring. Yeah, to get panned, I guess. To I would get think so. Matched. Like. I would think so. It seems like it's it. Very ritual-like here. Why is he going to do more punishment here? No, he this is in the kiss of death, right? Doesn't Katrina right. come in afterwards or something? Isn't there a thing? What, what, is, what is the thing? There's some ceremonial thing, isn't there? Oh, Katrina's going to do the kiss, right? Yeah, so we do the finisher. Yep. And then she's got to kiss liner. That should be it for the That'll Phoenix, do it. I would think. Two... Three. Okay. Your winner, Mil Muertes. Now he's back, all right. That was a good return. Looks like a dangerous man, Joseph. What a dangerous mom. Now, Katrina, what was she going to do? You're going to have to find out. They've tried to kill this guy before. Oh, they've tried. Yeah. I mean, they, they don't want him alive. He's a threat. A they, thousand lives is a threat to a thousand deaths. Absolutely right, Quinn. Now he's asking for Katrina to do her magic here. Yeah, her voodoo. Yeah. Oh no, what is she gonna, she gonna do? <laughs> She's on her knees. Crawling. She's gonna do the kiss of death here. Oh. Even Piro says she's in she's in control. Now if you recall oh, there is the lick. lick. If you recall Oh, that's it? She pretended to turn face for a while with him, right? I think that was before this. I didn't don't know. she? And they're they're standing tall as we go to the credits, but okay. The credits don't mean it's over Correct. on this show. Let's see what we got here. The disciples of death and Katrina stand tall here as we go off the end of the episode. But okay, we're back behind the arena. Yep. Okay, what's what's this? No. Dario. Okay. Dario. Staring blankly. Oh, Matanza. Do you have anything to say for yourself? Any excuses you want to run by me? <gasps> He's talking to Bale. Oh, right. They recently fucked You're up. You're leaving me on a choice, boys. Cortez Castro and I forget and the other guy. I will not be embarrassed. <gasps> and the three of you together are an embarrassment. <gasps> Somebody has to pay for this. Choose. Choose who what? Choose who pays? Uh-oh. They're looking at Bale. They're looking at Bale. Okay. <gasps> no! Against the bars. Oh, no. Bale. And there's the underground monster. <gasps> the key oh, to no, oh. oh, no! Oh. oh, he's eating his head off! Dario oh. likes it. Oh, my God, there's blood everywhere. Well, <gasps> they killed Bale. Bale has died. 
and in a second we'll explain why they did this, but that's Have I made myself clear? See, he's not a good person. Dario just, yes, just murdered a character on this show. Yeah. There's a little blood on Dario's face that he just rubbed off. Yep. And Matanz is just Yep. Now, can we quickly just say who <laughs> who as we end here? Who played Matanza? Okay, so let's wait, 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 wait. let it let it end. That's right. it. United Artist Group Media and, and R.I.P. Well, Rodriguez that's, International yeah, Pictures. That's, <laughs> that's very apropos. All let's right. give everyone credit before we before yep. we go. AG here. Studios, and okay. that'll do it. Okay. Okay. So let's explain first what that was part of. So those three were in a tag team. They were in the finals to win the Lucha Trios belt. That's correct. The, the other episode before this, there was a big de- to-do in the team and blah, blah, blah. But we don't want to spoil that in case you want to go back and Correct. watch it. That's right. They failed. And yes. those guys were working for Dario. Correct. They're his minions, basically. They're his They're minions. His and he said, well, I'm not putting up with that shit. But we didn't know what that meant. Correct. This is the, fir- this, the reason I think Joe picked it is this is the first time somebody died on the show. That's why I picked it. Um, I don't know why. I just figured that. Because it was weird when we saw weird. it. It's weird. Uh, it's wrestling. And, this is a wrestling show. So basically, we knew that there was a monster in the basement this whole time. This is real. And we knew Matanza. that, you know, we'd been told that, you know, he, you know, they might feed people to him. We're not sure. And then it and happened. So, and then it happened. And now that guy that got fed to him, Bail. he's never in the show ever again. No, he's, he, de- he's actually dead. He's killed off on the show. Correct. We, 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 again, you know, I like how they do it too because Matanza. We, we had just saw that Milmertes came back to life, so we're like, oh, okay, they killed them, right? Yeah, like, yeah. no. They killed them. People can really die, and uh, that's kind of the kind of the reflecting Con- thing going on here, right? Conan dies. Yeah. Big Rick dies. Yeah. Off screen in the comic. Other people die, yeah. Um, now, Matanza would eventually wrestle. Yeah. And he is played by whom? Um, what is that? Steve, or what's Jeff his name? Cobb. Jeff Cobb. Yeah. I am Jeff. Yeah. Jeff Cobb, who you, some of you guys probably know. But anyway, that was a episode. Uh, of Lucha Underground, just picked a kind of semi-random one. You know what yeah. I mean? I saw that that happened at the end. They said, all right, we'll do it. But I think a lot of the story beats that we saw here would have, if you watch it from beginning to end, and it's that's why I'm saying it's worth going back. Even though you saw this episode and you know yeah. that something happens. See why we get there. It actually, when we saw that, mm-hmm. it meant a lot. We were like, right. because we had been teased with all of these things. And the fact that it like an actual death was introduced into the show, right, was a huge deal at the time. It was as a viewer of the show, absolutely was. And there's a lot more going on than you get to see per episode. They give you little teasers, like the Black Lotus thing. Continue is that the Black, Black Lotus, Lotus is, right? a, is a is yeah. a season long arc. Yes. Um. So like that's something. Yeah. There's other people that we didn't get to see, like Delavar Davari. Yep. Uh, Del Rio, as you saw, Tejano. Remember yeah. Tejano? There's we, got a, a, we got a taste of some, like, with the guy from the Cosmos, Astro Boy, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Arrow Star. Yeah. There's also King Cuerno. There's yeah. a bunch of different people. Yeah. And we really think it's a very fun show. Again, it's just don't think of it like wrestling. You I know? think the best way it's to put not. it is if in the golden era you were a guy that was really attached to the storylines, this is actually the show for you, right? Like, Are you me- comparing this to. No, but Hogan I'm, era WWF Quinn. I'm not saying it that way. I'm trying to say is that if the storylines are like your your primary interest when it comes to wrestling, or if you were more hooked on rather than the wrestling, you were hooked on uh, Stone Cold, um, you know, in his endless escapades with Vince well, McMahon. Pentagon is kind of like that, right? They got a little bit of everything for you. I believe there's only four seasons, That's correct? But they are 
you know, they're full like twenty four episode or like more. seasons. More. So this like is twenty nine that we're just twenty nine. Episode twenty nine. So there's a lot to bite off and watch, and they're only hour long episodes. Yeah, they're not forty four minutes. I think I don't know if the the pay per view as they call it. what what is it's it two what? hours. It's, it's like a longer episode. Yeah. Yes. They have once once a year they have a Ultimate Lucha. Ultimate or, Lucha. Yep. Yeah. It's a it's a special that's supposed to be like the pay per view of the show. And we're not getting paid to endorse this, by the way. We're just yeah. fans of it, and we we've, we've wanted to review this for such a long time. Mm-hmm. This is the appropriate venue we felt to do it. So we hope we have at least encouraged some people to check out Lucha Underground because we find it to be very fun. Yes, it's just a fun, engaging, stupid, that silly went by show. So fast watching, very that, right? easy. It ain't a Boston Garden show from last week. Let me put it that way. That went by so fast that I feel like, are we supposed to do more show here? Like that's how quick that show that, went by. That's really it. I guess the only thing I can uh, do is remind you guys on the video or audio, right? If you're on the video, please check out our regular audio show. Maybe you've never listened to it before. We do a full length audio show we've been doing it since 2016 check it out our vantage point retro wrestling podcast if you're on the audio and you wanted to see this you can do it it's either on our vimeo or youtube channel we don't know right now if you're on the audio this might be one to actually yeah maybe watch along we should have said that at the beginning we should have but but this one especially because you like what even is this yeah what are are they talking about you know so check that out Uh, a reminder that there are some changes coming to the canons right so on youtube right now we're almost caught up in the 1984 canon, it's still behind, obviously. The patrons still get the newest ones. But coming up in May, very, very soon, the brand new 1993 Monday Night Raw canon will debut on the $2 tier. Mm. We're excited about that because it's a whole different thing. We've never done that in order see, before. Now, see, Joe, you know what's going to happen now? What's People that? are going to want the Lucha Underground canon. All right, come This down. is going to happen. No, it's not. No one's. No one is going to want that. Well, we'll, we'll see. How no one will want that. The demand will pile in. No. They anyway. want to see more. They want they, to understand. They want to see less, I think. Yeah. Our fans don't didn't even want us to do this, I bet. Well, we did it anyway. I Sorry. think they're going to be pleasantly surprised. I hope so. I hope you're pleasantly surprised after you're making it to this portion of the we, episode. We really do. And honestly, guys, thank you so much. Whatever you thought of Lucha, thank you for being with us here, whether on the audio or video. We really do appreciate it. Obviously, we will be back for May, episode 269, next week. And coming up very soon, uh, in your house, obviously. In your house. In your your house. house. In your house. Until that time, though, thanks for listening to us, whether you're in your house or on the road or at work. We'll be back next week. I'm Joe Murata. That's Michael Quinn. And we are out of here. See ya. Adios. Hi, hola, my name is Melissa and I am the official ring announcer of Lucha Underground. Being the ring announcer for Lucha Underground, I get to work with the most amazing luchadores, male and female, in the world and it's, I, I feel honored. I'm a big fan. Being in the ring every week with all the luchadores, you just never know, you know, my heel might fall, I don't know, someone might come in flying from, you know, the top of a building, you just never know what's going to happen and so it keeps me on my toes. One of my favorite moments is when Johnny Mundo jumped off of Dario Cueto's office right into the ring and he looked unreal. I do fear a couple of wrestlers. They're very intimidating and the one person that I feel scares me the most is Pentagon Jr. He's scary. His whole getup is scary. I feel like he's unpredictable and you just never know what's going to happen and right now he is breaking people's arms. That's what he's doing. He's snapping arms. So working for El Jefe, I have to maintain a delicate balance of what I can and can't say. Uh, He is my boss, although he is kind of a prick, which is something you guys already know, so yeah.